When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Wednesday. Luke Stuckmeyer here with you, and we have a special guest in studio. We always, always Cody Del Mendo down there, Ryan Herrera, and a press box wag told me that Gordon Whitmire <laughs> was going to be here today, and there he is, longtime Cubs beat writer. Good to see you, Gordon. Thanks for having me on. Did did I miss something here? Am I supposed to have a laptop? Well, you if can you have like one, one if you want. Or you just bring your, we're not, your intrinsic knowledge. We're not providing knowledge. one. <laughs> That's what you're looking for. It There's seems no like a requirement. What yeah, the? no, you could do what you know, whatever you want. Just bring your intrinsic knowledge. I honestly only have it here for when I have to do ad reads. That's that's <laughs> me that too. And I really, like, me that too. I like, and I like to see the YouTube chat. I'll just I'll just stick to what I have in here, and you can pretend. Yeah, we'll just pretend it's coffee. So I mean, it's not like. There's hardcore Cubs stuff going on. There were some minor moves regarding bullpen arms and stuff like that. I guess I guess the big thing is Eric Hosmer sounds like it's done. If you if you look at Marcus Stroman's Twitter, it is done. Stroman and, and uh, Hosmer yeah. going back and forth. If you had to give that move a grade, what would you give it? I'm I'm you know I'm like a, like a C plus. Like C, it's not like a needle mover, but it's for the veteran minimum reportedly. So it's yeah. like at that point, it, it's just a, a move to, you know, fill a roster spot, bring in a good clubhouse guy and, and go from there. It's not, he's not going to help you win the world series. He's probably not going to make you lose one either. You know, if he's, if he's he on your team, you. that. he might help you. It's to me, it's a, it's like taking one of those classes in school. that's pass fail. because <laughs> you, you know, you might be miserable in this class, <laughs> but if you can eke it out, you yeah. know, you, you get a passing grade. Cool. Uh, it's nothing but upside, like you said. It's a it, it's a minimum. Costs him nothing. Um, yeah, the Padres are paying his whole salary his whole for salary. three three yeah. more years. Yeah. So I mean, a good guy in the room yeah. and a, a guy that uh, recently did okay, and and a guy that's uh, got a pretty good glove over there. Well, yeah. I, I Cody, I don't know about you, but my first thought was if you, if your decision is Rivas was going to be back playing at first base and with a platoon, maybe Mervis, whoever it might be. Or a Cosmer, I don't, I don't see the downside to it. Uh, you look at Cubs Twitter, and you will see a lot of angry people. Why, why would you bring Rivas back if you're going to give Mervis a shot, though? I wouldn't have. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if Mervis will ever ever get the shot this season. Sure seems like it. Yeah. But like, let's say that doesn't work out. Well, Hosmer's not the worst guy to have over there. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I, I don't. I'm not against it. Like, like someone in the chat, RWB team says that. I wasn't thrilled about getting Mancini, and now we get a Hosmer instead. Like I'm not thrilled about either of them. Like, yeah, I, I'm right. just like whatever about both of them. I don't think either of them really moved the needle. I think if the Cubs were going to make a big move at first base, they would have got a Brayu, and they didn't. And they, you know, don't talk to me about Anthony Rizzo. Like it's it's <laughs> it's just like whatever at this point because you didn't get a Brayu and you and and you let Rizzo, you trade a Rizzo, or and you didn't try to bring him back, then you're at a point where okay. Mervis is a guy with high upside who broke out in the minor leagues last year. I, 
I think as a fan base, we all just want to see Mervis get the opportunity and, and hope and pray that it, it works out. Because if it doesn't, then we're just but like, But hope and wow. pray is dangerous. Yeah. Right? No, like, that's, that's a dangerous I, way. Yeah. If you're trying I'm just, to get to the I'm, playoffs, hope and pray right. is dangerous. I'm just very franchise uh, history, isn't it? I'm yeah. just very whatever about, like, that situation. Like, yeah, I, I, they still need more offense, and that's what bothers me the most about it. I, I don't think either one of them were going to help really improve that. It's not and a that's huge why I'm like, whatever moving of the needle it. is what you're trying to I yeah. like the move for, for this reason. If you're a Cubs fan... It's one of the handful of signals this winter that suggests they are trying, if incrementally, to put together a team that can win in 2023. Mm -hmm. This isn't the – he's not going to be a core guy. This isn't going to be – what this team – whatever this team looks like in 23, a fraction of it's going to be around when and if they put together that next big competitive window. But they promised they were going to try to win in 2023, and a move like this suggests – short-term deal, like Bellinger was a Mm short-term deal. These kinds of moves aren't moves that a team's going to go out and do. Like, if if this was last year's team, why even bother? And Hosmer wouldn't take that deal Mm -hmm. if this was was that. That's fair. That's fair. A year ago at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The the way I look at it is the, I think the, uh, you know, the biggest thing that Eric Hosmer will provide to this ball club, and especially to a guy like Matt Mervis, is that, you know, veteran leadership knows how to play for his base. Made a lot of money doing it in his career, and if he can, if he can bring that kind of insight, that knowledge, and help Mervis along, I think that's the whole point. That of might be the in, most valuable like, that's, reason of all to have. That's what I'm yeah. saying, and that might that that may be why they're you know they're they're bringing him in the first place. Obviously, we've talked about on this show is is kind of bringing Matt Mervis along at his own pace, not just throwing him you know into the fire at first base and letting him sink or swim. It's yeah. bringing bringing a guy who knows how to do it who isn't going to block him long-term, but can at least take off some of that pressure on him and, you know, help this team win a couple more balls. What's the other thing we know about, uh, about uh, Mervis? He's not a great glove. He's not, he's not a great glove and he's not necessarily a contact guy, which also gives you a little, what can Hosmer do the most for him that nobody else on the roster can The footwork around first base, the preparation, Mm -hmm. just learning how to play the position well at the big league level. Help groom him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, and 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 again, that's fine. When you mentioned Rivas earlier, like that was my thing. It's like, if they were going to bring back Rivas solely because of the glove, because he hadn't hit very well uh, this last year, but he was a good defender. Um, But at this point, it's like, I I think Hosmer may bring a little more value as far as just, he's the guy that's done it in the past. He knows how to do it. Yeah. He might probably just brings more value to you than what Rivas does. I mean, we still don't know what the, the move for Rivas is. He may end up back in the system uh, as, like, some depth because he, he had DFA'd. We haven't had any. Did I, did I see something? I can't remember. I thought I saw something on him. but As far as I remember, he hasn't been claimed I or traded or anything claimed. since the DFA. But he – so if, if it ends up that way, he's back in the system, that's good first base depth, first base depth for your you know, in the organization. Um, but Hosmer – Yeah, he's okay. I mean – Hosmer just brings value that – He's a lefty bat. Yeah. Yeah. Him in the wings at AAA, I guess. Yeah, That's I think at this point in Rivas' yeah. career, he he's going to want an opportunity. He'll go play with some crappy team in Pittsburgh <laughs> or something like that, and try to get some at bats. Yeah, I don't know how Ballard was. I thought I saw yesterday somebody say that they were optimistic that he'd come back and take the triple-A spot. But, I mean, I just don't think that's that relevant to the future of the team no. necessarily. Like you said, it's a backup plan in case you have injuries and all kinds of other things. I think the Hosmer... Uh, I understand the Hosmer, meh, it's just one year, possibly, and then you look at it, but I think the people that are angry about it are angry about it for the two reasons Cody said. 
Number one, he's not Rizzo, so people are always going to be angry unless you have some star player coming in to replace him. And number two, they're still thinking about, oh, that terrible deal, you know. They're not paying that deal. That's right. Like I mean, I think some people miss that. I think I think you're 100 percent right. I think a lot of people screaming are, are thinking, oh, they're taking on a bad deal, or or that they they're can... doing it because it's the super cheap move. There's mm-hmm. no big money move left at first no. base. And by the way, if this guy didn't have a bad contract the last few years, would he be getting ripped as much? No, no, no. that's what I'm saying. He'd just <laughs> yes, be a good part, player. That's part of it. He'd yeah. be looked at as a good player. Well, and then when Average I think to good for sure. Yeah. I remember early in the season last year, we the, the talk was about the Coast potentially trading for Hosmer, taking on the bad contract while getting like a good prospect mm-hmm. or two in return. Yeah. And that, I think that kind of clouds people's judgment of this deal. Is like it's like you're kind of still. I don't know for sure, but it's still thinking in that way of like you're taking on a bad deal, but you're not taking on a bad deal. You're no. just, you're bringing in a guy for however little, little you have to pay. Him. And like, again, like yeah. that's why to if me, he makes the club, if, yeah. if he sticks, you can whack yeah. him anytime you want. It's another thing. Yeah. And again, and basically all that does is sum up why I feel the way I feel. It's it's fine. Like it's <laughs> whatever. Like cool. Yeah. Like you added yeah. you added an insurance policy for Matt Mervis, and if they do want to start him in. In the in AAA in in April because you know how bad offenses in April are Wrigley and bring them up in May then I can deal with a month of consistently Eric Hosmer I'm I, I guess fine like again like it it's whatever I, I just hope that Mervis works out or else we're all going to be screaming about Anthony Rizzo for <laughs> more years I think you're going to be happier with first base than you were last season that's what I think I, yeah I think if I'll say that I much. think if first base is fans focus come May. This team has some, well, it's probably really good. That's probably yeah. a really good sign, right? Because mm-hmm. it means everything else is working. Yep. And probably, yeah. probably means you're not scoring enough runs. Yeah. We'll find a way to by be the way, angry about a lot of stuff. Where are they going to get their runs? Well, that, you that, know, he's not a power guy necessarily, obviously. No. And no, so that's, that's another thing. No, in a best case scenario, though, he's, he's a nice bat in there. But yeah. I just think he lost Contreras. Uh, Cody Bellinger's a coin flip. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what we yeah. talked about, and you know, you were there at uh, Jed's you know press conference in October, talking about you know adding more power, limiting randomness and scores, all that kind of stuff, and they haven't done a whole lot to address it. You know, that's at least yeah. from the outside looking in, yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. As far as as far as lineup construction, yeah. it's a lot of the same. I mean, Danzy Swanson may help replace what you lost in Contreras, but Cody, you said Cody Bellinger's a coin flip. Hosmer's not probably not going to do it. And so, it's, is Morrell going to take a step forward? There's a whole bunch of things that. Could go well in is Nico in, Horner going to continue to arrive? Yeah. Right, is right. Well, that, I hit. believe in Nico Horner. I do, I do too. too. I, I think we all do. I, do. I think he'll be. I mean, is Saya going to hit for more power? That this yeah. is all like things that are coin flips or, or question marks. Where Jed he talked about you know making the moves that you know are going to add more power to this lineup and, and didn't do a whole lot of that. I think you have less. M- Big questions than you did last year. That doesn't. That's true. We we went into last season thinking, well, that if this goes well, if this goes well, if this goes well, you could see them having a better team. I think because you found Nico, because you think you found Steele, you've added Strowman, you've added Tyone. Okay, I would I would argue that there's at least as many questions this year. Maybe. Do you think there's a chance they have a worse record this year than they did last year? (laughs) Of course, there's a chance. There's a chance because of (laughs) this. Look. When, when they started tearing down that roster, by the time they got to last the end of this past season, if you want to just pull off of that roster, each guy you say is a bankable, proven, mm-hmm. established major league player. 
not even an all-star. Might have been five of them. Now, if you, if you want to be generous, maybe there's eight or nine of them. But Steele's got to back it up. Mm-hmm. Suzuki's yep. got to prove in his second year that the way he finished and, and the adjustments after a, a year in the United States uh, pay off. Hap's got to back it up. He hasn't been consistent like he was in 2022 yeah. his entire career. And he's in a walk year that, depending on what they do with this contract, I really like what Nico did. And like I said, I believe in him. But he's a guy that's had trouble staying on the field. Mm-hmm. And he's got to back that up as well as the performance. Um, Dansby Swanson had one breakout season. Now, I think he's going to be fine. He's, there's a baseline to him. He's fine. He's really good. But is he, is he Trey Turner? Is he a superstar shortstop he could be a good shortstop with guys around um, I think you know at the very Justin least Steele, that he's a good everyday major innings, player 129 yeah, innings yeah. for Justin Steele we all love what we saw but he hasn't even pitched 150 innings in a season well, similar with Keegan you know we, we Keegan Thompson Keegan even awesome less reliever. he has more to prove yeah they don't have their Goldschmidt their Arenado they and, don't have those when, players when we talk about questions don't. we thought Marcus Stroman was not a question going into last year and he wound up on the IL for a while he wound up on the COVID list for a while when when he was healthy and pitched he was good we'd like to see that again we think we're going to see that again but he's got to do it um He's got an opt-out year. He's got motivation. And Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's yeah. a bigger question mark this a year Kyle later Hendricks, than he was. I don't know if ago. he's going to throw another pitch. <laughs> now, now uh, that might sound extreme, but I don't know that he started a throwing program yet. So, yeah. I mean, there's questions. There's, there's, now, if they stay healthy, this team that they put together should be better than last year. They should be a winning ball club. They, they should have a really good shot at second place. If and, and maybe even compete in the division. Second place, on average, gets you a playoff berth in yeah. this league. Right. They're in a bad division. Yeah. I mean, that but, helps, but, but that should have helped last year. 40% of the league makes the playoffs. <laughs> yes, on exactly. average, that's second place. Yeah. No, no uh, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, you've, you listed off, like, you listed off a lot of the guys who are probably the Cubs' best players, and even they're still, you know, and, question marks. And they like, might sure. be great. They because might all one, be all-stars this one year. Or go- one or two good seasons in the major leagues doesn't make you yeah. – an absolute yes the next season. Yes, it correct. Just, it just yes. doesn't. Well, look at Cody Bellinger. He went from MVP to a guy who's been below average. So and Baseball is one of the toughest sports to predict that way. I mean, basketball player puts yeah. together two or three seasons. Yeah. You kind of know what you got. Football player, you kind of know what you got. Baseball, man, the, the performances go up and down. Gary yeah. wants us to get to Devers. We will get to Devers in the we show. Got a super but Gary, chat. you're going to have to wait for it. That's not where it's at in the rundown. Yeah, yeah. we also got a super <laughs> chat. We did have, we a, do super have a super chat. chat. Hector oh. wants to know, ain't Luke Voigt a better hitter than the other two? Well, I got him up on fan graphs. <laughs> Gordon, I don't know if you're a fan of fan graphs, but uh, he's got a right, – Ryan knows that. my position I've heard that you're, you're a little bit. I that's why that I website. I do. <laughs> Believe okay. it or not, contrary to – I, I became an analytics guy on May He calls him Wit so. Metrics. He still uses B-War, though. We're a F4, we're a F4 podcast. Okay. F4 company, so. Well, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the press box um, wags are more so in than Gordon. I last think. season, Luke Voigt slash 226, 308, 402, 102, weighted runs created plus. Um, 22 homers. I feel like all those came against the Cubs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was an average hitter. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's much better than Eric Hosmer or even Trey Mancini. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know the guys that we've talked about. He I struck mean, out thirty one point five percent of the time. Yeah. So he's going to be he's another guy that's going to swing and miss a lot, but is also mm. when he get connects with the ball, probably hits it. Finished pretty well. with a zero point two F four. I mean, I think if, if you're not going to yeah. go get Mancini, yeah, 
I like the Hosmer movie. I, yeah. I, I think that there's probably like they're they're so close <laughs> to each other that really arguing arguing about it is just kind of semantics at this point. Like yeah. you're arguing one guy's better at hitting home runs versus another guy who's better at putting the ball in play versus another guy who might be better at defense. Like they're all they're like the three of them are are probably good players individually. Not I don't think one of them stands out as like a bigger needle mover than the other. So when you when you're just arguing, you're kind of just arguing to argue. If you're hey, doing what was that. all the nonsense about whether or not. Hosmer's a good clubhouse guy going on. Yeah. That people were saying he's not a good guy, and then Marcus Stroman jumped in on yeah. it and started firing tweets. Uh, it was Bleacher Nation that said, I keep seeing tweets about Hosmer being a bad clubhouse guy. thought yeah. I remembered hearing he was a glue guy. Uh, what can you tell me about the culture? Then Stroman actually responded to Bleacher Nation, basically saying anybody that's in a clubhouse <laughs> doesn't know what they're talking about unless they're the player in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, he said he's an unbelievable human being. Articles written by biased media members incorporating only their own perspective should never be seen as credible. It's known uh, how the industry operates and feeds their gullible fan base. You, you yada, know what? Yada, I'm, yada, yada. I'm, 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 that sounds like a shot at us by Strowman. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back him on yeah. that. Yeah. Because my take on this is that uh, what I've heard about the guy, I've never covered the guy. What I've heard Mark about Carmen the Mark right guy, over there did cover him in Kansas City. He said, great guy. There you go. So... My take is that he's a good clubhouse guy. That's all I've heard about the guy, that he's, he's good in the clubhouse. He's a strong presence in there. And I think some media members in some places have had issues with him, um, which to me is if, if the guys – let me put it this way. Over the years, I've you know, dealt with probably 1,000 players, and 99.9% of them you know, no, no issues with in terms of from my aspect. Yeah. Some of them have issues with me, and, and I wouldn't blame them. Like, I'm in their world, you know, and right. sometimes I write stuff they, they don't like, and right. I show up the next day and, and whatever, and, you know, if, if you don't like me, that's, hey, your prerogative. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm not going to hold it against you on an MVP ballot, a Hall of Fame ballot, or in, in what I write. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes guys are not good guys, and you see it behind the scenes, how they treat other people. But I suspect in this case, the guy's good in the room, yeah. and he's had issues with some media members who maybe bristle at that. Maybe the it. ones in San Diego. I, I, I would I, say, I mean, I think I would it's say like lobbing everybody into one group in any statement is generally yeah. not a great idea yeah. because not all media members have an agenda like that. As we, Mark Harmon just said he was a great guy, yeah. so now we're not supposed well, to believe that because he's got an agenda. in Kansas City, right? Right. So before he got the big contract that then was considered a bust. Mm-hmm. I just and, think, and so you write that a guy's a bust, and like Jason Hayward handled that extraordinarily well. I yeah. mean, yeah. you could ask him straight up questions about that contract, and he, I mean, he was just such a stand-up dude. I don't know how Hosmer handled it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he didn't right. like it. Maybe some guys. A lot of it does feel like you know anecdotal evidence where specific situations cause a kind of outcome where there's issues between Hosmer and a media member, but that happens with everyone, you know, like sure. everyone, everyone in media has had some kind of situation with a player and whether it got handled or not, like the, the way they felt, felt about each other was different afterwards. Right. And, and by the way, I'll, uh, you and I have talked about this uh, with Tim yes. about the way clubhouses were 20 and 30 yeah. years ago. Um, there shouldn't. There's not a media member on the planet that walks into a baseball clubhouse and should ever complain. These <laughs> days, it, it is it is an entirely different universe than it used yeah. to be, um, and uh, these guys are professionals when it comes to us too. Mm-hmm. And so, 
I mean, whatever the guy might uh, say or think or do, um, I, I don't know. Well, why. I think I saw Hosmer replied to Marcus Stroman's tweet too. I guess they played together for Team USA. Yeah, or yeah. In the World so that's why I said it's, it's definitely a done deal. Yeah. Maybe the physical, which again, maybe that's not. Totally a done deal based on recent history in sports, but yeah. uh, another super chat from Fernando saying CHGO crew are great clubhouse guys. Go, Go yeah. Cubs. I might well, be biased, but I agree. I agree too. See, I knew you <laughs> had an agenda. of the day right there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I didn't take too much out of that. I, I thought Stroman's response was interesting, and he always has an opinion to share yeah. on Twitter one way or another because later he said people on Twitter, I think, are – did he say losers? I think he said <laughs> people, people who like – People are. On, I don't want to say the wrong. Anybody thing. Anybody on? I can't. I don't either. Let me. Let me find it. Sir, do you have the the Twitter one that he had? Uh, I've I've got it. Hold on. I'll tell you exactly what it said. I'll probably have to put on my readers. But okay, here we got it. Twitter is a bunch of people who've accomplished nothing in life, <laughs> trying to give it, trying to give advice and debate on the lives of uh, others. Very comical when you think about it. LOL, praying for you all. Yeah. So, see, now so that would be a general losers statement. Losers is that for, Luke's word. <laughs> losers is definitely my word. That's why I didn't put quotes on that. But, but people who've accomplished absolutely nothing in life is pretty close to losers. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean we, yeah. we know Strowman's an opinionated person, and yeah. and he feels he's he's not afraid to share his opinion, and we know that being in the clubhouse too, but especially on Twitter, he'll you know share whatever's on his mind. Um, so he's I don't, a, he's, you know, um, I give him a, a lot of credit yeah. too for, he thinks about a lot of stuff pretty deeply. Yeah. And, and I would he, say so. And, and he, and he, what he sees on the, on the surface, a lot of times, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll share in deeper thoughts on the subject. They're more real world. And, and sometimes they get taken the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a long talk with this guy, and you see where he's coming from. Well, well yeah. that's the danger of Twitter. Anytime mm-hmm. you have a thought about something that's deep, about a deep content or a deep subject, putting it on Twitter and not being able to fully exp- – no matter how long the thread goes. We saw, we saw it on Monday night. There, there are still a yeah. lot of ways yeah. for <laughs> things to be misinterpreted other than a face-to-face conversation. Yeah, we saw, we with saw it with a very big – Face-to-face is a better way to do a it. A very big name in sports Perhaps. media who uh, shall remain nameless. But oh, yeah. it was – I mean, the tweet – Bayless? Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. It was supposed to run it. I mean, he, he thought he, he tweeted it one way, and and yeah. basically the rest of the world took it a different way. Yeah. Um, Perhaps his uh, Strowman's thoughts related to Kanye West. Okay. We're are kind of yeah, like yeah. what we're well, Strowman here. said yeah, skip but, his but, trash. But he did have a comment but, on that. You know, it's I wasn't going to bring that up, but that's part of what I was thinking about. Yeah, and that's when, what when I, I that's said that because. Yeah, Big he brain got right here. Slammed for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he got slammed. Yeah. In my mind, unfairly, he got slammed by people that had never met him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you had met him, you would have taken what he said on those tweets in an entirely different context, mm. which gives him agree. the impression of what Twitter, what he's saying about yes, Twitter. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, that's where he's, he's been hurt by Twitter. Right <laughs> that's when, when Gordon says back him up on that. I'm like, it's kind of true. Like, yeah. Twitter is just a cesspool of of people that just are are spouting hot takes and opinions that. Don't result in consequences. In, in general, right? <laughs> in general, I would say that. And then there's also people that are there doing very great things on Twitter, like great things. Joe Johnson's our, on yeah, Twitter. Guy, is he obvious like Joe. Yeah. obvious? Obvious Joe is he? Obvious yeah. Joe yeah. is he? Bad guy? Yeah. No. no, you're right. You're right. Right? There's people doing great things with Twitter, it too. So it's <laughs> just it's just a, what we see is the majority of it is nonsense. All right. Um, all right. Comed. The energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage. Energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting, other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to 
upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving, efficient LEDs like the Cubs did at Wrigley. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, track your facility's energy usage, and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and networked lighting controls, making these projects more cost-effective than ever before. Visit ComEd.com slash PoweringBiz now to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, contact them at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Shady Rays, uh, Gordo, I don't know if you wear sunglasses ever. I see you with your glasses on a lot, but if you ever need a pair of sunglasses, you ever get contacts, you want a pair of sunglasses to go on top of that, Shady Rays, awesome. Mm -hmm. Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall. Because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in a lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. We got Michael Collada says thanks, Tom and Comed for the new light bulbs. Now I need Shady Rays for yeah. night games. I feel like I feel like Michael Collada and, and Gordo would get. Along I do. Pretty yeah, well. they'd, they'd get along. Oh yeah, yeah. you guys would. So you <laughs> He's all. our he's our resident um, uh, Ricketts criticizer. Yeah, uh, where, where yeah. Basically, how you feel about the Cubs? Why didn't so. you bring him on? <laughs> well, maybe we he's, on he's on every day. He's on every day. Right on that day. chat. He's, he's in our chat. Um, so we're gonna talk about Devers because everybody wants to talk about Devers. Uh, but in this block, real quick, yesterday we made bold predictions. We didn't want to make, you know, mediocre predictions or mild predictions about the 23 Cubs. We each tried to come up with three bold predictions. So we're going to let Gordon grade us <laughs> based on how bold it is. So if it's not bold, maybe you don't want to grade it as high. Like if it's just uh, Nico Horner will have a good season. Is that bold? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> If I say some, but then kind of how expected. realistic is the bold? So are you, are you managing the boldness and the possibility of it actually happening? You tell us what you okay. think about some of these. <laughs> uh, my first one was I, I went bold. I went blue flame bold right out of the gate. And I said, I think there's a possibility. And I'm going to say Kyle Hendricks will lead the team in wins. Now it's bold, obviously, because we don't even know if he's going to throw another pitch. So, But is there a possibility as a number five starter Kyle Hendricks piles up more wins, not a better ERA, not more innings, more wins than any other starter on this rotation. He's your number five starter. The only way he's going to do that is if he's piling up more innings. Yeah. The only w- I'll give you – hey, that's an A-plus on bold. It's bold. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> my middle yeah, name. As far as Luke any Bold's chance in hell of happening, I see a, a, 
the needle that would have to be thread, <laughs> he'd have to be a, a vulture reliever. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. Now, yeah. that's a scenario I hadn't even well, thought of. I got of. him at driveline trying to get his I just thought his number five starter, some right of the matchups, <laughs> a little bit so easier. If, if he were to be a mul- turn into a multi-inning guy to manage him because of whatever's going on with that shoulder, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's enough, like, they're going to keep him healthy. It's enough that he's effective, but he can't really pile up the innings. He could be one of those first guys in out of the bullpen mm-hmm. in a close game in the fourth, fifth, yeah. sixth inning. And most wins, Gordon, doesn't mean best pitcher. Right, and so that could mean a lot of wins. We've <laughs> seen guys get 10 wins before mm. out of the bullpen. Hell, p- pitcher wins don't really mean anything anymore. Anyway. Oh, well, that's another <laughs> reason. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like they're losing their value. So like a guy like Kyle Hendricks, even if he doesn't have the best stuff that he's ever had, which he won't, like I think he's kind of he's gone, gotten to the point where he's not the same pitcher can, can where he I was three years ago. Can I push back on that ago. point? In, in, a, in a modern sense, right? Not being an old man yelling at clouds, which I do <laughs> that's, plenty that's, of. That's my job. <laughs> in a day and age when innings are becoming, like, precious to get yeah. out of starting pitchers, I mean, 200-inning guys yeah. are dinosaurs. Eight 180-inning guys are, like, the benchmark yeah. now for a workhorse. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So guys aren't getting decisions. Yeah. So, you, so, you know... If you look at it that way, anybody that gets 15 wins, they're getting a ton of decisions. They're giving you innings. innings. They're giving you competitive innings. So I would say in this day and age, as as the the pendulum swings away from guys just you know getting a decision in every start, going seven, eight, nine innings, yeah, kind of stuff. If you're competitive, the fact that you're going beyond five and taking a lead to the late innings. Man, that's that's more valuable than it's ever been. So, and th- that leads to wins. And that leads you, to pitching wins. If you look at just one stat, there's always something wrong with a stat. Like, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. like wins yeah. is a flawed stat, but no doubt, no it doubt. does. If a guy has 21 wins, likely he's had a good season. That's that's fair. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, think, fair. like yeah, likely fair. he's had a pretty good season. Yeah. No, there's guys that don't get 20. High. Guys yes. that make 30 something starts and don't get 20 decisions. It's all relative. It's yeah. all relative. All right, let's go with another one. So you think that one was both bold and. Mildly, he well, you said thread a needle. He didn't give me. He said <laughs> I, 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 very I like that as a bold prediction, especially if you had the the relief uh, thought. I, well, I didn't, so now I add that on, and now I feel even better about it. Uh, Cody <laughs> had one. Justin Steele will pitch 180 innings. There's your workhorse. A plus on bold. Okay. No effing chance. No effing <laughs> chance. Wow. Okay. What about his? What about this one from? Cody? I mean, there's a chance. I just yeah. don't think it's a great chance. Okay. I uh, mean, he's a guy that well, you're right. You said it earlier. He's got to prove it, right? He's got to prove it. And, and I'm, I'm not saying he's not capable yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they'll manage him in such a way. Yeah. That he'll really? get that. Okay. Um, that's a big. That's a big jump. And he went seven innings, multiple starts. I mean, last be, right. you yeah. look at like his, his right. first couple months were were slow, and then he missed the whole last month of the season. I think yeah. with his back stuff, like, and then they so, just decided to shut him down. Yeah, so there's right. another whole prove yeah. it kind of. So factor. like, yeah, he's got to stay healthy, so he and if and months. if he takes another step and, based and, off what we saw, and like, he could have a great season mind, and still pitch less the than thing 180 that people innings. Forget about Justin Steele was. He was a guy that took as long to get to the big leagues as he did, yeah. even though he was one of their more intriguing prospects because he kept getting hurt in the minors. Yeah. And they did a good job of keeping him healthy the last couple of years. But that process could keep him from 180 innings. Fair. But, but if, he's, if he comes in and he's just lights out, um, then he's going to be efficient too. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll get your 180. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, I feel like the next step for him is to 
stay on the field and just be consistent because I thought from June until they shut him down, he was very consistent. So if he does that in April and May, I think that there's a possibility that, you know, I think a fair line would be 150, kind of like you said. Like 160 might be the yeah. over-under. Yeah. Right. I, I, but if, I, I like but if, he has, if he's better than what we expect, then yeah, a- 180. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I don't know how you can not like what we saw last year. Right, right. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I, I think that he's one of the more exciting guys on the – in the rotation, right no now. doubt, yeah, no doubt, he could be their best pitcher. You know, they got the two, the two uh, free agent veterans at the top end, and Hendricks, who may or may not come in and slot in mm-hmm. somewhere, but he could be, and maybe on paper he is their best starter going in. I don't know, yeah. but he's got that kind of ability. Yeah. That Ever since John Lester said pound the fastball early, <laughs> right? Change the whole season. Uh, what about Cody's other one? Say a Suzuki makes the All Star team. Now, see, yeah, the last Ooh. one I would say Cody had a really nice mix of bold and slightly possible, only because yeah. I think the number is very high in baseball this year. One eighty is a lot. If you would have gone two hundred, that would have <laughs> been too bold because if only eight guys in baseball yeah. hit two hundred yeah. innings, that's too bold. But you brought that number back like Vegas, just a little bit to get some action on it. Hey, but w- before we go on to the next one, by the way, that one eighty and two hundred inning uh-huh. thing is kind of interesting because. We already saw a downward trend in innings pitched by guys before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Then the pandemic comes, and coming off of that season, everybody was limited in 2021. Then they had the lockout yep. and the short spring training. So guys were – some guys, their numbers went back up, but they limited them again on purpose, workload management. This will be the key year to find out if Finally this is – Finally a normal offseason. Like, yeah, if this is – it'll be interesting to see if that eight – goes up or at least stays the same yeah right I, so. I would I would lean to believe that maybe that would go up just because I don't think maybe. as many I don't think as many pitchers will be limited at the beginning of the year because remember in April we were sitting here like oh like, like five innings seems five good. innings seems really good for it's how like innings. fast they did that spring training and everything conspiracy like it's like the but, first but normal offseason conspiracy theory if a guy doesn't pitch six innings you don't have to pay him as much either <laughs> Well, there, there's, there's some of that. Here's the, here's the other thing, though, too. Like, let's go pre-pandemic, right? 2019. How many guys are left from 2019 that are workhorses, that are traditional workhorses? Maybe Scherzer's and... and yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but uh, Scherzer's at an age now where yeah. his workload's going to be... Well, it's been declining for, like, a good decade now as far as just, just overall right. pitchers right. that can go 200-plus innings. It's, it's always been... Mm-hmm. I remember looking at the stat, and it was like, I think quadruple their or five times the amount of, of pitchers a decade ago had actually thrown close to 200 innings and there's, now. there's more teams now that are entertaining legitimate six-man rotations yeah. too that's hard to do but when you don't expect as many innings out yeah. of guys you can find more guys that can throw you four innings and if you're mm-hmm. if you got a six-man rotation yeah. you might be able to make that work with a 13-man pitching staff well now if you if you have a good bullpen uh, as far as uh, you know multi-inning guys like the cubs have with Keegan and, and Edward Alzola. Everybody has to have the multi-inning yeah. guys now. Everybody has yeah. to have yeah. two or three of those guys. But we debated a lot last year on this podcast during the season, at what point does that Keegan Thompson role of a guy that can, you can throw in there for three, four innings <laughs> multiple times a week, What at what point does that role, that pitcher being very good at it, Keegan Thompson, become more valuable to an organization than maybe – the four or the five starter like is it does is it only the five starter that he's more valuable with or is he less valuable I think he's starting to creep up to where he's 
just as yeah. valuable, if not more valuable than your fifth starter. Well, I'll address that by calling bullshit on Rossi. Can I say, can I say bullshit? Yeah, we can say, whatever. Bullshit. say worse, it's bullshit, been worse things been okay. said on this podcast. Yeah. Cody just said it again. early last year, and, uh, and it, look, look, Rossi wasn't wrong. He just was trying to push back uh, on, on the questions about early in the season, Keegan Thompson was pitching so well out of the pen in that multi-inning role, sometimes four innings at a time, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that he looked like one of their best starters. Why aren't you going to put him in a rotation? Why aren't you? Well, having him be able to pitch two innings uh, th- uh, three times a week is more valuable than. No, it's not. Do the math. <laughs> if if he if he can go if he's a five or six inning pitcher even in a five man rotation, you're covering more innings. You're getting more innings covered, and if they're the same quality, then that's more valuable. But to to your point, and the multi inning guy, if if a guy's got the stuff to be a starter, um, then even a mediocre starter can get through the order once. That's a multi-inning guy, right? Mm-hmm. So the multi-inning guy, everybody has them. Everybody needs them because guys are pitching fewer innings in the rotation. Well, and the bullpen's now at 13, like permanently. That's that's your right. max number and, of pitchers, too. And so bullpen. So you need staff. him. He's valuable that way. If he's really, really good at that role, he's really valuable that way. But if he's that friggin' good... Let him go through the order twice. Stick him in a rotation. Yeah. All right. but, and I think that's what we saw is, is where when they finally did put Keegan in the rotation, he didn't have the success right. that he did he didn't. out of the bullpen. And that's where we kind of get the idea. It was like, well, you could still give him shots at the rotation, spot starts, whatever it right. is. Because right. in spurts, he's been, he, he was really good. He had some good starts, but he also had some bad ones. But at least you know that like if you keep him in the bullpen – he had a lot of success in that in that role last year, and he can always go back to that role as a starter for one game. But you just don't right. let him go six innings. So this isn't about philosophically whether yeah. that role is more valuable than the other role. It's about whether that suits him best. Yeah, it's about where does that specific player because fit best? He might fit best in that role, and then he's a he's a weapon. Yeah, no, that, that's why yes. I've been at is like, and I know Luke and and Cody earlier in the season. Kind of were pushing for him to go in the rotation, and I was kind of on the yeah, side. Yeah, was of I. Him. Yeah, and you were, and I, I was because I, I wanted to see it was a yeah. pro- it, that season was all about exploration of finding out what you got. I agree. So I why know. not find yeah. out if he can be? A and, I, and I kind of came out. The Cubs pitching staff was in the first half of the year. You're like, yeah, why aren't they sure. just doing and, it? And man. I came onto that that opinion later, like a, a little later than these two, uh, because I did like him out of the bullpen. I liked seeing him go that two and two thirds, three innings, whatever it was, every freaking time he went out there. And then I got on the train of, okay, give, give him a, sh- a shot in the rotation, especially once all the injuries were wearing that, that depth down. And they mm-hmm. did, didn't have quite the success. And that's where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like at least you know he's, you have a bullpen guy. You have a good multi inning guy out of the bullpen. And then you can know, you know, he's still young enough and, and the team still has enough question marks that you could kind of still trot him out and, and try him out in that starter role if need be. But yeah, at least you have a spot yeah. where you know. He has success. All right, so here we go. One more bold one, then we're going to talk Devers after a quick ad read. Um, Ryan had Dansby Swanson topping mm. 35 home runs as his high? bold it was, prediction. It was my bold. It's bold. It's bold. What are you? Or, or, or you could you could go, you, if, is that bolder than well, Jared saying Cody Bellinger will hit at least 30? I don't think that's Bellinger's hit 40-something before. <laughs> yeah. Bellinger's hit over 30 multiple times. Dansby Swanson... Over 35. Oh. Now, if it had been. Well, I had that or I had uh, a Cubs starter 
to throw a no hitter. Which I don't not think is as bold because a no hitter. You'd have to go Who the would distance. That have to be. Uh, that's why I Stroman. was like, I was gonna lean Stroman because he, he had one start where he was like almost through seven, no hit. Tyone Stroman. Um, but even he said himself after that yeah. start that the way he pitches, he pitches to a lot of contact, ground balls. He's not blowing balls past guys. That that makes it tougher to throw a no hitter because any ball that gets put in play has a chance of getting through. Wesneski. But Alec Mills did it that one time. Alec Mills did do it. Stru- <laughs> Wesneski do you it know, for six and strut off the mound. Prediction would have been Kyle Hendricks. Oh. Because if he's back to full health and doing what he's done, and before, has more wins than anybody on the staff, and has more wins. <laughs> um, he was a guy that uh, would have yeah. those stretches where he would be, you know, dominant for a month. Yeah, and then he'd have a couple of eight, nine inning starts. Yeah. Well, I, I also did make like twenty three predictions on our site, allchgo.com, <laughs> and one of those was just Kyle yeah. Hendricks to throw a complete game. I'm like. I was just take it a step further and make him my no hitter pick. Mm-hmm. Complete game into a no hitter. They're, they're both so well. I guess all close all no hitters are complete games. So we'll give we'll give Kyle that. You know one. that explains a lot. I saw a cannabis shop around the corner <laughs> That's here. That's right. When I was walking <laughs> up to the Evil Wax seventy three says, "What are you smoking, Ryan? And give me some." Uh, no. All right, Cody. Do you have a DraftKings pick of the week for us, Mr. Del Mendo? Mizzou yeah. plays tonight, just so you know. Yeah, I know. I'm actually going to take Mizzou plus seven and a half, Ooh, but wow. that's not my DraftKings pick of the week. My DraftKings wow. pick of the week is Providence plus five at home tonight against UConn. UConn coming off uh, a close loss to uh, Xavier. Xavier pretty good, ranked number eighteen in the AP poll this week. Um, Providence, they're they're a tough team to beat at home. Plus, I think they're four and zero in the Big East start the year and now. UConn, number four UConn coming into their house. I think uh, I think Providence hangs around. I don't know if they win, but I think they hang around, lose by one or two possessions. Hey, who do you uh, who do you have um, winning the Pac-12 football championship next year? <laughs> Washington. I mean, Washington looks like a good team that could do it. Gordon's, Penix coming back. Is USC still Gordon's looking to throw some <laughs> cash down? I see what's happening. I would here. rather root for Washington than any of those other teams. I mean, USC <laughs> has the Heisman winner coming yeah. back, but yeah, but they also. Every, every opponent opposing offense look like they've got a high yeah. winner. Yeah, USC looked like it. That was probably that that started off a very bad bad beat of 20, for twenty twenty three for me was USC minus two the other day, up two touchdowns and under with f- under five minutes to go and they lose to Tulane. I don't even know where Tulane is, Gordon. Only one way to go. I know in Louisiana. Louisiana. What the hell? I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I guess Louisiana. And there was a safety involved yeah. in that yes. comeback. A safety in a game that was full of offense. Oh. I was, what Bears was player played at Tulane? Best player to play at Tulane? Bears, Bears player. player. Running back. Was that Forte? I think Forte's Forte. Tulane. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let it be known wrong, that I think that's what let it, it be known that Cody made the Mizzou pick of the week. Mizzou plus seven and a half tonight against Arkansas. I okay. usually do that every week, but very good. Uh, hey guys, Game ticket. Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting a seat you'd never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, behind Gordon Wittenmeyer, floor seats at a concert, <laughs> it's possible with the Game Time app, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets created by the fans for the fans, guaranteeing the lowest price if you love CHGO. Well, then you're going to love game time, and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Uh, all right, let's get to it because I know we got like. Hey, wait! Can I ask a 15 question? Fifteen minutes left. Yeah. 
we were talking about something earlier, and, and I saw somebody, one of the texters, talk about the shift. And I For Hosmer? Was it no, about no, Hosmer? It was, it was about Hosmer, but I got this fascinating question because, well, to me, it's, this is, I can't get this out of my mind, right? The shift goes away next year, and after, after all the biblical losses and deciding <laughs> to make uh, Hoyer sell off the whole damn team and yeah. non-tender uh, Schwarber. Wheelbarrows of cash. With all those wheelbarrows, wheelbarrows of cash. cash. Wheelbarrows yeah. of cash, and I don't know what, where they wound up. But uh, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> on Clark Street, man. I mean, you take a look businesses? at, you know, forget Chris Bryant. He, he's gone. But look at some of the guys they got rid of. Now, with the shift going away, had you extended, I know what Javi did. Don't, yeah. don't come at me on Javi Baez. I know what kind of year he had. I still think, and some of the people in, in baseball think, had he stayed in Chicago, he would have had a better yeah. year. And yeah. we'll see if he rebounds. I don't know if he will. But they came within a few days of having a contract done with him when the pandemic shut down things. Had they extended him and Rizzo and kept Schwarber, those three guys with the shift going away. Oh, yeah, especially with the shift going How away. valuable would those guys be? And had they been able to get those deals done on market deals? Now we know what happened with Rizzo and feeling like, you know, he felt like he was lowballed and the whole thing. But had they been able to keep those guys, even if it cost them a little more than what some of the guys are now. Mm-hmm. By the way, Javi wouldn't have cost them any more than Detroit paid yeah. him. It, it would have been a couple more years, but at that same rough rate. Yeah. Um, how how good could those guys be? Well, some with people no still shit? want yeah. some people still want Javi now to be. Tr- Cubs to go trade for him to put him at third base. Yeah, well, now, yeah. I don't know if that's the worst. I, I've really just said all along that of all yeah. the deals that have been done, um, uh, losing DJ LeMahieu for a bucket of baseballs was the worst deal that. Thank you. Made. But the, the second <laughs> the second worst thing they did probably was choosing Quintana over Verlander, and then yeah. and then. But, the, but that was a calculated risk yes. that made sense mm-hmm. at the time. But out. the one that didn't make sense for me of all the got like I don't have a problem with moving Schwarber. on from the guys because it wasn't working. You had to do something different. Letting Schwarber walk away for nothing, knowing that the shift was probably going away, makes no sense to me. One hundred percent. And Schwarber it was, only was the big mistake. Frigging money. Yeah. Now you can say whatever you want, but they're the Chicago friggin' Cubs. It was eight million dollars. Not only that, eight million dollars was under market value for that guy. Yes. He went on he the 10. market and got ten. Yep. Schwarber, Schwarber was the big mistake, and he's the guy that you could still put at DH every day. Your left-handed bat, power hitter, yeah. all the things they still need. Kyle Schwarber. What's he done in two years? Mm. He's gotten to the playoffs both years. He's made an All-Star team both years. He led the league in home runs, mm-hmm. and, and he played in the World Series and was yeah. a great clubhouse well, guy and, as well. And then great you, you mentioned the guy. shift yeah. two years ago. If that, or if that shift is gone, twenty twenty, does he even have as bad of a season as he does? Right? Probably not right. He probably he probably gets that arbitration deal what or an he, extension. I'm not going to say he's going to turn into a 300 hitter next year, but he's with the shift going away, he's going to get more base hits. Yeah, yeah. The amount of 100 and he's already a high on base guy. Schwarbino. Yeah. I think he could hit like 260, 270. And if he hits 260, 270, that's like a 380 on base. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's that's really but good. Me and That'd Luke really especially have been said we've we still can't get over the Schwarber thing. The Schwarber thing. Yeah, everyone in the chat continues to say, "Oh, he hit two oh two. I know they <laughs> made like, offers to all the other guys, <laughs> and, and, and sometimes you look at them and go, "Well, some of these yeah. were good deals." And that yes, the Cubs offered Schwarber. They let walk away for nothing. And by the way, what's the other rule change that came into play after they let him bigger go? bigger bases? 
The DH in the National League. That's what I'm saying. They knew that was coming. Yeah. They knew that was coming. Also, before we get into the question you're about to ask, per our friend Jesse Rogers, Eric Hosmer in agreement with the Cubs. First reported by Marcus Stroman. Officially official. (laughs) First first tweeted by Marcus Stroman. First tweeted by Marcus Stroman. Uh, All right. So we've had a lot of people in the chat asking what you think of Rafael Devers. Uh, John Heyman today tweeted that Devers' discussions with the Red Sox about a multi-year possibility said to be, quote, unquote, steady, and that Devers wants 300-plus. Do you see any path for the Cubs to a Devers trade? Because obviously he's a great fit, at, in my mind, a great fit at third base for what before, they're looking for. Before you answer, please let me down yes, slowly. Yeah, we're asking yeah, yeah. you. Before you answer, please let me down slowly. <laughs> don't, don't do it hard. Just let me down slowly. Slowly. Go ahead. You sure you want to hear this? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to be heard again. So go ahead. It makes no sense. Oh, it makes no sense to you? I think it makes no sense. Look, the player he okay. is, absolutely. Good player. Absolutely. If he can't get an extension with the Red Sox because he's asking for that much money, mm-hmm. the only other team that deals with their guys on extensions like that is the Cubs. The big market, big resource team that can't get deals done, then a the guy goes somewhere else and signs a big deal. So if – this is a Mookie Betts situation. He's not Mookie Betts. He's yeah, really. I, mean, I think they made a mistake really on Mookie Betts if you look at good. it. I yeah. do too. Yeah, I do too. But you trade for him and you give up a lot of player capital. That's then the you turn around and pay him free agent money. What player capital are you going to give up? You just got rid of your whole damn core to get anything at all in the farm system. Yeah. So what are you going to give up for him? just to turn around and pay him what you're going to have to pay him on the free agent market. I don't see it. I think the only guys that are worth something like that, if you're going to do it, and we've had the debate about Otani trying to get, obviously you have to get a, a long multi-year deal done if you were to make that trade with any of these guys. But whether right. it was Soto talking about that deal or Otani or... Soto had two more years Soto of club control. One that's that's one that's a little bit different. the year that they traded yeah. for. It's a little, it's a, it's a it's little different. bit different. I wasn't, I wasn't really on it. I've said Otani, but only because he fills two spots on your roster. <laughs> yeah. And he's the, just the, like The problem so with any trade good. of a superstar or a superstar in the making or a guy of that value is you got to empty your farm system again. Yes. For one guy. Yeah. And they have a good that's, farm system. Do they don't that, have that's the, the number opposite one farm system. of everything they've told us they're doing. Yeah. Yes. You don't think that just you don't think the fact that if it does go into July and he's on that roster and the Red Sox are bad, you don't think that you that the that whatever team would that would trade for him wouldn't have to give up major prospects just because he would be a rental. But at that point, it's probably not the Cubs in this position to do it. It's the, a team trying team to win the World that, Series. The teams that are going to be in the market for him then, and we've seen this play out, there's urgency at the trade deadline. Yeah. And urgency creates, especially if there's more than one team involved, which there almost certainly would be if he's having the kind of year we think he will, urgency creates high prices. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. uh, you, you, yeah and, and again, a team that does it then – now, maybe they'll be looking – maybe it'll be a team that just does it as a rental. But they're all in if they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And and uh, and a- anybody else is, is going to be looking well, to – I just think, that, well, I just think the asking point, price actually comes down the longer that I don't it think, I don't know. think that's true. I don't know if that's true. I don't, don't think, think that's so? true. I don't think that's true, but I also think at that point, Devers is two months away from free agency. He's not signing an extension unless you're giving him a – 
ton of money to do it. Well, it depends on where he goes. It depends on where he goes and how right. much money he and, gets. And, and, and you can negotiate a part of the deal is like, give us a couple days to talk to him if you wanted to do that. But, or you could be like, you know, the Cardinals do this all the time, right? They, yeah. they'll, they'll go make the big trade, and then the guy plays there, and he loves it, and he signs an extension. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Holiday, Edmonds. He's, uh, of course, uh, he's not. Arnaud doesn't opt out of his deal somehow. He wouldn't be leaving a place, though, that no. people would be like, oh, yeah, he didn't like his time there. And then he got to Wrigley and was like, whoa, look at this place. He'd be coming from Boston. It's also a very nice place to play baseball. Right. right. And if, they, if the Cubs are in on a deal like that, it's because they're winning. Yeah. It's because they're winning big. And if he comes over, that would be a place that he would want yeah. to reach. But, again, you're giving up so much in player capital, and then you're going to turn around and give up you know, a nine-figure yeah. extension. Well, as, as people yeah. are saying in the chat, the Cubs haven't given even $200 million yet. Right. If he's got, trying to get $300 right. million, that just historically is out of character for the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I depending on the years, we know we, we, we've talked to Jed, like or we, we could just know the, the, the mentality in the front office is like more money, less years versus less years, more money. Well, except, that, except that we've seen him do this before too yeah. where, you know, like – uh, the Darvish contract was a five-year deal until the last minute, and they added the a sixth year. year to lower the AAV on it yeah. on the deal. And that's what everybody's doing with these ten and eleven. Everybody, and oh, it's crazy. Deal. Everybody's doing. Nobody expects to get ten years out of anybody. But that's why the Swanson deal made a little bit more sense in in the grand scheme of things. When you look back at it, is seven years versus twelve made a little more sense for what this front office is kind of looking at. Right. Not and that the, the money was, it was the, a big difference. Somebody, somebody still a good player, and it's the, the most AAV affordable deal. That? that was like $27 million, 27. I think, a year. So, so right. he, it, 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 with a different team in that marketplace, that's a 10-year deal at $250? Two, two, yeah, roughly over $250. Something like um, that. Which is probably where he would have fallen. You know, if, if he followed the marketplace as it played out with those other guys. And, and again... Nobody's expecting to get more than the seven one seventy seven value. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they, they just know that they're just getting the AAV they want. Yeah. I think the part about trying to get this next great player via trade, whether you were talking about Soto, Otani, Devers, is the Cubs farm system. While we're all excited that they've replenished it and it's better. Again, remember the farm system is not what they were saying it was going into like twenty fourteen fifteen. We've heard they that they aren't top. Multiple top we're not, 10 Jed has said yeah. these are not superstar prospects necessarily. Like there were, when you saw Bryant and guys, you were like, this guy has superstar potential. They haven't gone out and said that about this group. And you, they're not the number one farm system. Like They're not like the Dodgers who are just churning out guys one after one. That's the place you want the Cubs to get to so that they can make deals like this. Yeah. right? You want, like, the Dodger, you want them to get to where the Dodgers are, where they're – Spending the money they're making. And their farm system's and cranking. And they're good enough yeah. at developing. But they haven't been developing those guys. So, no. so People are if, excited because they have anybody in the that's, farm system. That's right. Well, that's what I mentioned on the show. There's a lot of potential, but yeah, I, yeah the, ones with the, mo- the ones with the most potential you feel like are still yeah. at least a year I, I And you still got Alcantara that's, that, that just got hurt. And you got Miguel Amaya, who, who's been their top catching prospect forever. <laughs> and he gets hurt every year. Uh, Braylon Marquez was electric. Now he's uh-huh. back. They DFA'd him and, and brought him back because nobody nobody yeah. picked him up, yeah. and and then and then Ed Howard, their first round draft pick, the local kid who, who yeah. was really exciting, especially as a defensive guy at that mm-hmm. in the middle infield. He's he's got a long way back from that injury. Yeah. 
Well, and then I going back to just developing the prospects. I mentioned it on the show yesterday that if you want one guy to develop in a star that's on this team right now, it's probably Justin Steele. Because if he can turn into, he's probably not gonna reach Scherzer, Verlander level ace. But if he can turn into your very good number one, that's because those guys make a ton of money. That saves you money in that position, and you can go spend that on other areas. Because if you do get to a position where you're the Dodgers, you have a lot of these guys coming up. The money, the place you don't want to spend a ton of money on, and what we figured out with the Cubs this last run of success, is you don't want to have to spend all your money on pitching. So if a guy like Justin Steele can turn into your very, very good number one, get to the playoffs, you're comfortable with him in that number one spot. Under control. Under control. That helps you a lot with long-term money and where you can spend I'll take it. it a step further. If he becomes that guy, you don't mind paying him. You don't yeah, mind that paying too, him that to too. extend him. I'll tell you what, I, I've thought forever, doing MVP ballots over the years, I've, I've thought um, the, uh, uh, the most dominant starting pitcher in baseball, especially if he's giving you a bunch of innings, is probably by definition the most valuable player in the league almost every year. Um, and, you know, I go back to remembering Randy Johnson with those mm -hmm. Mariners teams. He once won 20 games. I think he went something like 20 and 2. And they, they finished uh, with something like 90 wins. That's 18 games over 500. Yep. He's the difference. That's, there. I mean, there's replacement value, right, that would be worth something. Yeah. But the difference between them being a playoff team and not a playoff team was literally him. Yeah. And you could measure it. Um, and uh, not to mention what he did for attendance on the days he pitched and things like that. But by definition, it's the most valuable. So it's hard. You know, so, so just from a, you know, on a ballot standpoint, I, you know, I, I, I discounted that fact because of the Cy Young Award. And, and uh, so anyway, the point is, that thought process led me to that conclusion, and that's, I still think that that's the case, especially if the guy gives you 32 starts a yeah. year, and these days, six-plus innings, but seven-plus innings is, is tremendous. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the most valuable guy on your team. Yeah, well, because what you mentioned as far as you don't mind paying him at that point, that's also you don't have to go out and buy and go buy someone else, probably for a higher market price than what you could give. Right. Justin Steele for an extension. No doubt. I mean, if you could put that guy at the front of the – and he stacks up. I mean, how many real aces are there in the game? Ten, um, yeah. maybe? Max. Right. Maybe? So I mean, one talked about the extension the teams yeah. I don't know ace. when that – we talked about an extension last week. I said, I don't know what – if Probably he turned out to be early. really good, one would be too soon or do you never consider because of his age the extension? And I think what you're saying, like if he's, if he's good enough, he shows you again this year – Signing him to an extension, if you feel comfortable with them, why not? It depends. You, know, the, you do have him for control. The for health a, a, volatility is a big thing. Yes. And, and not, I'm not just saying him because of his track record. I'm saying pitchers in general. Mm -hmm. and, and so if, if you're counting on him to be that front of the rotation guy and getting all that out of him. But because of his age, you're not going to pay him the massive yeah. amount yeah. that that's some of I'm the saying. other guys. That's what I'm saying. So that's Kyle Hendricks took the money, right? right. Mm -hmm. And he might have made more. As a free agent, I, I would argue that he would have. Yeah, probably would have. Yeah. Um, had he had he naturally gone to free agency. But he wanted he wanted to be he wanted here, to and, there, he, and he, and he wanted money. some deal security. Like that, sure. Yeah, the way I look at it from the Cubs' perspective, he's still pre-arb for another two seasons. So it's probably yeah. too early to look at it. I think it's I, I think it's definitely too early. You see what he does this year, and you start to have those yeah. internal discussions. Yeah. We got we got two minutes left. What happens with Correa? <laughs> and I did the know, Cubs man. avoid a total disaster? If they were, I mean, we heard yeah. that they never made an actual offer, right? Right, right. 
So it, they pivoted. They they pivoted uh, what, the week of the winter meeting mm-hmm. to 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 Swanson like fully. Um, my my thing on this is you know the, the that ankle thing leg thing with the plate in it. He got it banged in a, on a play this year, and he talked openly about it to media. So he's not hiding it. Um, the Twins gave him a contract last year and still made him a 10-year offer this year. They would have done a physical on him last year. They would have known him better as well as probably just about anybody. So I don't – I think he's going to wind up staying with the Mets. But I'm, I think that Twins contract out there, they offered 10 and 285 knowing – his his history, yes. and I think that's a nice fallback position for him. It's just the craziest thing I've seen. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> so bizarre. I mean, the Bears had a player that they offered a D tackle, and then he failed to physically ends up with Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, this well, is a this is a premier guy, like one of the top two or three guys, right? Yeah, but he's also a guy that you project over the course of that contract probably doesn't stay at shortstop. Maybe he goes to third, like he played in the World Baseball Classic, and it maybe even eventually. At first base, as a valuable clubhouse guy and bat. I think it's crazy. We're sitting here a month later from when he had first agreed to that contract with the Giants, almost a month, and it's he still hasn't signed with a different team. I know. Like, it's, it's, Ed is the craziest yeah. thing I've seen in a long time in yeah. free agency. And if he doesn't, if he ends up not signing with the Mets, where what well, will they do? The, uh, What's their what next the move do? after that? Yeah, what would the Mets do if they walk away Francisco from it? Francisco Lindor. Yeah. I, I'm just they, saying, Brett but they Beatty also want to have a super team. Third base prospect. Yeah. Well, then they'll go pick up somebody at the deadline or something. Yeah. I don't know. Steve Cohen has, has money. Yeah. All right. All right, we had fun. Uh, Gordon, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. it Good to see you. Nice and see we you hope guys. to have you back sometime very soon. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Good chat today. And thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We will see you back here on Thursday, 120. Until then, fly the W.